Welcome to the Your Story Matters podcast. This podcast is brought to you by Mason City Schools, where we celebrate and learn from our community stories. We're so glad you've joined us today. This is Tracy Carson, the Public Information Officer at Mason Schools, and I'm here today with Mason Intermediate School teacher Liddy Mathai, who is also one of our story ambassadors for the Your Story Matters podcast. She is going on her decade commemoration of teaching Mason Comets, and she has two Comets of her own, Malia, who's at Mason Elementary, and Sachin, who's at MECC. We are so thrilled to be joined by Liddy. Thanks so much for being with us today. Tracy, thanks so much for having me. I'm so excited. We are so excited. <laughs> Just the, the podcast alone, right? Right. right. This I, is, I tried podcasting with my students, and it's so cool to that Mason is starting their own podcast, so I love this. Well, we couldn't have thought of a better story ambassador, but we also can't wait to dig in and hear a little bit about your story. So tell us a little bit about what brought you to Mason. Oh, gosh. Uh, I met a man. (laughs) Hey, all good stories start that way. (laughs) So I grew up in Houston, Texas, and, um, you know, taught there for 10 years, and um, met this lovely gentleman, Mr. Mathai, and we got married, and I came um, to Mason. Um, luckily, Greg Sears hired me. Thank you, Greg, if you're listening. Um, and I've been here ever since. So how did you decide to become a teacher? Great question. Um, so, you know, I was in church and Sunday school, and I had um, really good rapport with students. And I just, like, love that learning and teaching process and um, that relationship with kids. Um and I feel like that kind of sparked my interest. And then, of course, my amazing high school English teacher, Mrs. Bassini, who I adore and love, um, helped me to really see what a teacher can do for a child. And um, she just loved on me. And I swore from that moment on, like, this is my path. This is what I want to do for kids. Now, when you came to Mason 10 years ago, um, you know, it. we've worked really hard to try to recruit and retain great, amazing teachers of color like you. And really, we try to hire the very best. You're one of those teachers. But there aren't always a lot of diverse candidates. And you are unusual in that you're, there aren't a whole lot of Indian teachers in Mason. Right. What's that been like for you? What was it like when you started out? How, how have you how have you navigated that? That's a great question. So even in my college um, career, I started as pre-pharmacy. It sounds kind of stereotypical, but like our parents as Indian and Asian parents sometimes want us to go in the engineering or math science route. And my parents were no different. We were immigrants. Um, My parents were first generation immigrants and they just wanted like the best for us. And so that was what they knew. Um, So I actually went to a magnet school for um, high school for health professions where it was completely geared towards the medical sciences. I knew probably in my second year that this was not me, but it was really hard for me to speak up um, against my parents' wishes because you're conflicted. You want to um, achieve your parents' dreams um and but you secretly are like this is just not i'm not living my true self my authentic life um so i actually started college as a pre-pharmacy major 
and um, after organic chemistry, which kicked my rear, uh, okay, okay. has a reputation. <laughs> I decided I've I've got to do that. This I have one life, and so I kind of secretly changed my major. Didn't really tell my parents, and then I finally had the guts to say, like, listen, I'm changing my major to education. So. You know, education is not seen as like the highest in um, that culture, but my parents surprised me. They were supportive. They were um, really happy. They asked me a lot of questions. And so that really gave me the the gusto to go for it. And so um, I was probably, there were probably not a lot of Indians in the education field in, in University of Houston, but I'm seeing that change, which is so exciting. And I love that there's limitless possibilities. And um, coming to Mason, um, I was probably one of the, I think I am the only uh, Indian teacher that I that I know of. So that was a little intimidating for me. Um, when, you know, when I first got hired and I looked around and there were all these teachers that didn't look like me, it kind of made me feel a little like, am I good enough? Um, but I think no one made me feel inferior. Mason teachers are amazing. They were so supportive, helped me out. And that actually like boosted me to feel good about who I am as a person and what I could offer. So, well, we know how important it is for all students to see role models who look like them, but also even for other kids to see people who uh, their teachers who may not be their cultural background because that may be the first time that they have that interaction. And so it is important that we recruit and retain great teachers who who have a who do kind of reflect the same diversity in our schools. And and I think I appreciate you talking about um, that your culture doesn't didn't always value maybe the profession of education. What I would say is our Asian cultures seem to really value education and having kids. A little ironic. Yeah. (laughs) (laughs) They do. They do. I know my parents said the one thing you're doing is you're getting a college degree. That's a non-negotiable in probably a lot of Asian families and in my home as well. Um, And it was just passed down from, you know, my parents. And I think it's just that's what's something that you can hold on to and you have power to change your future and they do place a lot of emphasis on that I worry sometimes it's a little too much and I want to caution parents that you know life is balance and you know you've got to like chase your dreams um, but it, it's got to be a balance of of chasing your dreams but you know doing you I don't We're, know if that makes sense it totally <laughs> makes sense and how lucky are we that Mrs. Mathai discovered she wanted she needed to be her authentic self and has been a really amazing teacher for a lot of students who have gone through and has certainly also taught a lot of adults along the way as well what are you the most proud of in your professional life oh gosh I feel like I am a reflective teacher I um I know I don't do things well the first time I don't do things well the second time but I think I can humble myself to know that I I need to look back and reflect constantly it's an evolutionary process it's it's constant it's never ending so I feel like I'm a constant learner I don't I don't stop learning and I try to model that for my students I I model risk-taking trying new things and letting them push the envelope and be leaders and 
failing, but reflecting. And I hope I, I am showing them what it means to do that. You're a member of your school's um, Inclusive Excellence team. and a proud member. A proud, <laughs> proud member. And you've been also for many years kind of, I know one of your units that you do to kind of empower students to find their voice and to kind of, and, and even hearing your own story, knowing how you've brought that forward from yourself. What do you want your students to take away from fifth grade with you? I always tell them, like, especially after our civil rights unit, um, it's it's be an upstander, be the voice for the voiceless. And I think if I can teach them to do that, it's hard. It's hard even as an adult to speak up for someone who doesn't have a voice. But um, it's important, you know, and and I worry about a society where students aren't taught that. So I feel like my number one goal is I don't know if I have a higher calling in education other than to give students a voice and to show that their voice matters and what they can do with reading and writing and, um, you know, just standing up for people and just being kind. You know, I I think those values that we do see, they are universal. The kindness, Absolutely. the having kids who can, um, who can say in a kind way even, that that's not nice, right? You know, and right. and and knowing the language, and I and I know you you work on that, and we're working on that this year even more yep. to help our kids have some language around what do I, how, how do I stand up for others? Absolutely, and I tell them it's not easy, and we practice sometimes um, on how to do that. But I think it's important too to teach kids that you know. There are others in the world who are not kind, and how do we work through that? What are what's the motivation behind that? And um, to know like things like racism and you know um, bias is is real, but how do we navigate those waters? I think ten. I teach fifth grade, so they're ten and eleven, and it's the perfect time. Especially we see it through literature. There's so many diverse authors and inclusive books now that are giving us that platform to talk about these topics with students and it's eye-opening. So I love that, you know, I'm having these discussions with students who are going to be future voters and people that are going to make decisions in our world. So I hope that they're listening. Well, civics is something that, you know, when you think of what public education was really about, it was to have who to have yes. citizens who yes. could make informed decisions, who could who could who could evaluate text, yes. who knew um, how to take in and, and information and make decisions in their own self interest, and right. and and also um, at the end of the day to have a common uh, language and, and and values that we all. Right respect and so fifth grade yes a lot of that happens I'm glad you said that because um I want to just like tell teachers too that yeah the standards are important but they're not the end-all be-all why are we teaching those standards it's to like you said to create these citizens these beautiful citizens that are going to impact the world one day so like that's the bigger picture if you have that vision I think it's all good you know how um how's your life been different than what you'd imagined well, number one, I'm going through winter. <laughs> That's a big shift from Houston. So it's getting warmer here, though, all the time. <laughs> it is. What is going on? But uh, that's probably the main um, difference. Um, I always envisioned myself as a mom. I have two beautiful kids. And um, 
it's hard. There's hard days and, you know, good days, but that was always something I wanted for myself. Um, really it's just, I took a risk coming to Ohio and, um, I'm glad I did. I, I feel like it's, it's just a new chapter. You know, you shared earlier that you're the daughter of immigrants and can you talk, we have, we have a lot of, uh, first generation, uh, students in our classes we have you know a lot of immigrant children who are in our classrooms what are things that you would have wished that some of the adults in your school would have known that's a great question um so I remember my first grade teacher I barely spoke English I came to America when I was five years old um so I started kindergarten um half day started first grade I was probably more like an ESL kind of student. Um, and Mrs. Bess, my first grade teacher, just, I think I talked a lot. Like, <laughs> that's probably why that I'm talking That seems now. unreal <laughs> to me. So, I mean, imagine that. Um, but she just took me under her wing and she loved on me. It didn't matter that I didn't speak English very well. I wanted to be her teacher's pet. And I just remember that attention. So I would want teachers to know that we're just trying to all be loved. We're trying to be, to fit in. And the more you make students who are different or new, um, feel like part of that community. I mean, I'm 40 something years old and I still remember that funny story. I, um, got my second teaching job in Sugarland, Texas, and I walk in for my first, you know, teacher meeting in the library, and guess who's sitting there? Who? Mrs. Best. Ah! She called my name. She goes, Liddy Samuel. She was my maiden name back then, and I probably cried. Ugh. So it's so cool. Like she's my Facebook friend now, and it's just fun to just like I just remember that. She so, has to be so proud of you. I, think, I hope so. Yeah. <laughs> I hope so. We're going to have to send her this podcast link from oh here. Oh, my gosh. That would be so cool. That would be so cool. I've told her Thank this, you. Thank, Thank you, Mrs. Bess. Thank you, Mrs. Bess. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I I think knowing those relationships are... The, the other thing I would... I wonder, too, we, we know that um, those of us who have only spoken English um, sometimes struggle with pronunciations of other people's names from other cultures. And that is something I think that we have to learn how to do better. So how any strategies you can think of for, for what we can do to make sure that we're calling children either real names? Oh my, that's a great question too. Um, I, I would say the because a lot of people actually mess up my son's name too. And I've taught him to just be kind and just say like, actually it's pronounced this way. And, um, for my advice to students whose names are, you know, kind of like altered is be kind, don't get frustrated because they're learning too. And just remind them like, actually it's pronounced and then work with that person to kind of, um, do that. Don't say, no, you can just call me this. So I, I've tried to teach my children that, that that's your name. That's important. That's your identity. And um, that matters. On the other end, as the teacher, I would say, um, you know, I can, kids can smell sincerity a mile away. And when you are sincere and you really want to learn, I personally can share that I have messed up several of my students' names and I feel terrible, but they know that I'm working on it. 
And I, I tell him, I'm like, I'm going to get it. I'm going to get it. I promise. Um, I don't know how long because I'm old. But um, I think kids just need, need to know that, you know, their name matters. And you showing that in um, your efforts, um, they can see that. So obviously your kids mean a whole lot to you. What do you find to be the greatest gifts and challenges of being a parent? Oh, goodness. Um, <laughs> gifts would definitely be um, building this team. We call ourselves Team Mathai. Um, we're trying to be a team. Um, it's just knowing that, you know, we're here for each other and showing that, um, you know, when your sister's down, you pick her up and vice versa and help each other out. Um, and then putting someone else before you. That's hard for kids. So I feel like that's a big challenge is teaching kids that. Um, um, and in this world of digital, this digital world, mm -hmm. it's really challenging when you're, you know, your kids' friends are watching such and such or have seen this movie and you're the mom who's like, no, not yet. So um, just honoring, you know, teaching them those skills that, you know, there's a time and a place and our family's values are such and such. Not that that's bad either way, but it's just, that's what we value. So, but the good stuff is just walking in to their room in the morning and they're cuddling or they're holding hands or they're playing make believe and, or reading, which is my favorite. Um, I, it's those little moments, really. It's the little moments that just bring a smile to my face so when they're going fighting and going crazy i feel like cherish those little moments channel that absolutely what are you most proud of when it comes to mason city schools i am proud of the bold moves that mason's making with inclusive excellence and really bringing that to the forefront um that has to be spoken about because that is the core of the people that we serve um, and so talking about it, having authentic, meaningful conversations about it, that makes me so happy to be in a district that is, um, is pursuing that. Um, going back to the basics of let's build culture, let's have fun in schools, in our classrooms and give teachers a license to do so and, and just trust that. So I'm, I'm so proud of the culture that I'm seeing, like, uh, ramped up even more than when I came here about 10 years ago. That's so great to hear because I think I think it is where there's an energy and a buzz that Absolutely. you can feel in our classrooms as right. teachers uh, kind of hit that stride in their career, but also feel the freedom and um, to, the, to take the risk to do something different, yes. but also to know that we're not perfect. And sometimes we're gonna stumble um, not only on things that we're teaching, but sometimes in how we respond when maybe there has been uh, yeah. a, a misstep along the way. How do we do that and humbly get better? Right. And, and, and I feel that as well. So oh, I, awesome. I love hearing you say that. What's your favorite quote? So I am obsessed with Maya Angelou and I probably love her, the uh, Still I Rise poem. It'd probably be that one, Still I Rise. I wish I could quote you the entire thing, but um, it's that. It's just knowing that despite our struggles, still I rise. That's just so profound and beautiful. It is. And that persistence is part of our culture work that we yes. are trying to embed with our youngest learners. Yep. Is you know Sometimes, no matter what, we, we've got to get back up. Right, absolutely. What brings you joy? 
what brings me joy oh gosh like I said I think it's just the little moments and um, I don't need anything grandiose uh, it's just like watching my children smile and laugh and spending family quality time together um, just just those quiet moments really um, seeing joy in my students and their families um, and you know, getting an email from a student who I've taught like years ago or finding out, oh my gosh, one of my former students is a teacher now. And uh, oh gosh, those are the moments that I'm like so blessed with. So we always end the Your Story Matters podcast with a comparison of what comparison question. And so for you, knowing that you, you spent some time in, in Houston, we're going to say <laughs> Buckeyes or Texans. Oh, goodness. Oh, gosh. Tracy. <laughs> um, I feel like I'm going to create enemies if I say... You could always carve the middle ground. You don't have to, okay. you don't have to play by the rules. Okay. <laughs> Break it. Find your voice. <laughs> All right. Don't hate me, but I'm gonna go with Texans. Hey. <laughs> we appreciate that being authentically you. That's what we have come to expect and 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 love and adore about Thank you. you. Thanks for all that you do for our schools, for Thank our you. families, for your students. We can't wait to see what this year has ahead. And I can't wait to hear the stories that you're going to help lift up as a, as a story ambassador. Awesome. Thank you for the opportunity. And I can't wait. We've reached the end of one of our stories. It's goodbye for now. Thanks for listening to the Mason City Schools Your Story Matters podcast, where we believe every unique story deserves an audience. If you know of someone who has a great story to tell, email Carson T at MasonOhioSchools.com. And don't forget to subscribe to hear more of our community stories.